Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. And I'm David Finch. And we're glad to be back with you for another podcast. Uh, apologize for not having a, a episode last week. I got I got sick, and then we left for a trip, and it just, a bunch of things come together, and we weren't able to do a, an episode last week, so apologize for that. Um, I do have a bit of a cough still, um, so I may turn my head and cough here and there, try to get away from the mic, but uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Um, the joys of spring, and I'm telling you, we're having a spring, aren't we? Oh, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was snowing this morning, folks, in Blackfoot, yeah. Idaho. Uh, we're pretty sick of it. Uh, but next week's looking promising. We might get into the 60s. But mm-hmm. it's been cold. I mean, I think today, what is it? It's it's uh, 35 degrees out there, okay? And uh, it's chilly. The wind's blowing. It's almost T-shirt weather. It's, <laughs> it's winter, and we're sick of it. But, you know, in all of it, it shows God's uh, power in his creation. And the weather is an amazing thing. I know there's a lot of folks back east. Uh, I think Nashville's getting tornadoes and, and hmm. some bad weather so there's some bad weather going across the whole country and so i'll take snow over that any day (laughs) and we'll (laughs) we'll keep you all in our prayers and there's some things that brethren are going with uh you know dealing with um in this crazy weather but in all in all of it you can see god's power and his glory and 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 uh so we can be uh, encouraged by that but uh, it's it's frustrating. Uh, we're ready for summer. Yeah. Ready for some warm weather. My kids were like, "It's supposed to be spring." I was like, "God will tell you when it's spring." That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, at least he'll let you know. At least we know who's in control, right? That's right. God is in control. So, anyways, uh, I was actually gone Sunday, and so David forwarded me the lesson. It was on signs. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about. Uh, we got a good study for you. Um, if you have any questions, email us at truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Like the um, the podcast. Uh, subscribe to it so you so you can get a notification when there's a new one. Um, and with that, we'll get started, Dave. Yeah. And if anyone wants to have any uh, oh, yes. personal Bible studies, anything like that, again, just drop an email on, on us and we'll all reach out to you and we can... <clears throat> Sit down and study whatever you need. We'll we'll be there for you. We'll cover the topic in here. Um, That's and right. if you're in Blackfoot, come see us. Please come visit us. Uh, come worship with us. That'd be Sunday very mornings, encouraging. Ten a.m. and eleven a.m. Uh, we'd Wednesday love... evening at seven thirty if you can make it. Yeah, and we'd love to have you. So, <laughs> so you know, one thing that uh, me and my wife do quite often, as her family lives in New York. Um, we tend to drive across country, and this happens, you know, a couple times a year or at least once a year. And uh, but me and my wife love to drive cross country because we get to see God's beautiful creation. I mean, it goes from farming land to mountain country to desert to flatlands to forest. I mean, you name it, you see it driving all the way across country. I mean, we're we're in Idaho, so we're driving all the way across, right? And one thing that we notice as we drive across on top of his beautiful creation is all the signs that we see driving across country. And all the signs that we see lead us to the next big city 
And then once you get to that big city, it'll lead you to the next big city. And then on top of seeing all these signs, we always have our map quest out, mm-hmm. right? On our phones, and it's sitting there, and it's directing us because we don't know what big city we're looking for. So MapQuest will sit there and tell us what major city to be looking forward to. And then I was thinking about this, though, but can you imagine if your, if your phone, your MapQuest on your phone is telling you, turn right towards Chicago, but you look up and the sign you know, says if you turn right, you're going to Florida. Oh, yeah. Like, what would you do? You know, like, if if they contradicted, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, thank goodness that never happens, but because <laughs> we never make it to, oh, it to New York. It yeah. happens. Yeah. And, uh, but then I started thinking about it, and the Bible, in a lot of ways, is our, our map to heaven, Right. Mm-hmm. Christ is, he came down and had all the signs laid out for us, and then the apostles came down, like the map quest, and helped us in between each sign, and, and telling us, continuing to tell us what direction to head to. But we also see that they never contradict one another. Uh, Chad, can you read Galatians 1? You bet. 6 through 10? Here, you're trying to get over a cold, and I'm going to make you read. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. I marvel that you are turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, as we have said before, now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For I, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So I, I really want to point out something here. Notice how nobody had the right to change what has already been established. Mm-hmm. When Christ came down, he established the way. Yeah. He established, and not even the apostles, because in the context, in verse 8, when when Paul says, even if we, he's referring to the apostles, even if the apostles, but then he goes on and says, even if an angel from heaven gives you any other word. Now, that is very, um, that's a very strong statement, because... If an angel from heaven comes down and gives you another word, guess what? They're not an angel from heaven anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they are an accursed angel, a fallen angel <clears throat> like Satan. Yeah. I love these par- parodies. Um, I love comparing. It's a great analogy because, you know, I just spent the last part of last week following, uh, you know, Google Maps. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that's interesting, too, is like along the way, It'll now they're popping up the speed limit. Yeah, I noticed you know? that, and it's it's handy because you it know there's sometimes you don't know how fast you're going. If you're on back highways, <clears throat> yeah, it goes from fifty five to sixty five and back and forth, and 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 what what we can kind of relate that to is you know sometimes we get speeding, we do something wrong, we we don't follow map quest, we get pulled over. And have you ever noticed that even on your your map quest? At least mine does. I, I have an Android, mm-hmm. so yours may be different. I know you have an iPhone, mm-hmm. but 
if you start to speed up, it'll either if if it'll I recall flash correctly, at you. it'll flash. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, you're, Google, you're speeding. Google does it too. And um, the thing that I was saying is like, even in life for us, we're going through life. We're following the Bible, following the directions. Yeah. Sometimes we get pulled over. Yeah. Sometimes we get off. We we get off the path. We mess up. We make a mistake. That's right. We don't use our blinker. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we have to be corrected. And, uh, you know, cop pulls us over. He's going to tell you what you did wrong. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's what, you know, the Bible does for us, you know. That's right. Sometimes we veer off and we have to get straightened back out. That's right. And, you know, that's that's what's great about the um, the apostles and Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is what really got me starting to think about it. There's a lot of similarities between... You know, all the signs on the road and the Bible, you know, like uh, as Christ is the signs, the apostles are MapQuest, you Mm. know. um, So we live right off of Interstate 15. Nowhere on Interstate 15 will it tell you, you know, this way to New York, this way to to your final destination. It'll tell you the next big city. And it's like the apostles were the were the map quest, telling you what next big city to look forward to. Um, to further illustrate this, turn over to Matthew five thirty two, and I'll read this one because this is only one verse, Chad. I'll- yeah, perfect. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> but Matthew five thirty two, Jesus says, "But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality." causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Mm -hmm. So Jesus established there is only one reason for divorce, and Mm -hmm. that is sexual immorality. That is adultery, right? Mm -hmm. Sleeping with somebody other than your spouse. But man has a habit of getting himself into trouble. He has a habit of kind of getting himself entangled into a lot of problems, and perhaps this verse does not answer the question on on the topic, right? And we see this actually a problem with the church at Corinth. If you turn over to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1, we see that the church at Corinth had questions on this topic. They had further questions that Christ did not answer. And we see this when... When Paul starts out in verse 7, or sorry, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says, Now concerning the things which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So notice, he says, concerning the things which you wrote to me. So the church at Corinth had a great idea. They had questions, and instead of trying to just answer it, they went somewhere to help them answer it. They wrote letter wrote a letter to Paul asking questions because Paul is the one who was sent by Christ to do this work, right? He's the apostle. Not the apostle, one of the apostles. Mm -hmm. But but they had a question. So Paul is now going to expand on this subject. And we see that when you skip down to verse 10 through 15, we see this. He says, as he's continuing on, he says, Now to the married I command... Yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband, 
But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And the husband is not to divorce his wife. Mm -hmm. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother who had... Sorry, if any brother had has a wife who does not believe, and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but now they are holy." But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God is called us to peace. Now, Jesus laid out the path, set the signs up, but they had questions on which path will lead them and keep them on the path to Christ. So it was almost like, you know, you have the the point A, the beginning, and the point B at the end, you know. You're going from A to B. Well, there's a lot of winding roads in between there. So the apostles came in and put in, or sorry, point A to point C. That's what Christ did. So I said that a little different. Yeah. So Christ said has a point A to point C. The apostles came along and put in a point B to help them to stay on that road mm-hmm. to Christ. And this is what Paul is doing. He is expanding on this subject. And you, you see this in verse 10. He says, yet not I, but the Lord. So what he's saying there, what, what Paul is drawing out here is, this is what Christ has already said in Matthew 5.32, in Matthew 19.9-12. This is what Christ has already said. Christ has already established it. But then he goes on in verse 12 and says, I, not the Lord, say. So it's not that he is adding to what Christ has already said. Mm-hmm. Because as we have already established in Galatians 1.8, if he did that, let him be accursed, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not contradicting what Christ said. What he's saying here is if you find yourself in this position, this is what Christ has not expanded on. Mm-hmm. Now I'm expanding on it. So it doesn't contradict what Christ has already established. It's just expanding on what Christ has already established. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see. So when you skip down to verse 15, here's one that that a lot of people get confused on in this subject, right? As he says, let him depart. So he is not saying that this frees you to marry another. So say if I find myself in a position where my wife is unbelieving and she doesn't want to live with me anymore. He says, let her go. Mm -hmm. What this means for me Going back to verse 10 and 11, I remain unmarried or be rejoined to my spouse. Mm -hmm. He's not saying I am free to go and marry another because my wife didn't cheat on me. She just didn't want to live with me anymore. And she is an unbelieving spouse. So, you know, I am on the road to Christ and she's not on the road. And that when, when you find yourself with an unbelieving spouse, you have a lot of complications that come along with that. And. And so, a lot of times, the unbelieving spouse doesn't want to hear about all this God stuff all the time, right? Yeah. And so, they want to depart. Well, he's he's not saying that you have to force them to stay with you or, or force you to continue on getting dragged wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. He's saying, let them depart. 
But that doesn't free you to go marry someone else. You remain unmarried. So that's what that's what Paul is illustrating here. He's not saying that now there's another reason mm-hmm. for divorce and freeing you to marry another. Because that would contradict what Christ has already said. Mm-hmm. So, but this is this is a good I, I know I expanded a little bit more on that, but this is a good point to make, like I was just talking about, how Christ has a point A to point C, mm-hmm. and the apostles came along and put in a point B to help you stay on that road. He, he expanded on what Christ was already teaching. He added a stop. He added a stop. And so that's, that's where, um, that's what we see going on. And this is, then when you skip down to verse 35 of 1 Corinthians 7, we see this is what Paul is talking about. He says, and this I say for your own profit, not that I put a, may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. So now they know if they find themselves in this position, because let's keep in mind, this is the, be, this is the beginning of Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is the beginning. So he was converting a lot of, a lot of Jews, mm-hmm. non-Christian people. And so, you know, let's say... Um, both husband and wife are Jews. Yeah. Well, the husband recognized that, well, I have to serve Christ. Well, the wife is not on board. Well, now, as he follows Christ, now they're unbelieving. Mm-hmm. You know, now a believer is with a non-believer. So it, it was actually quite possible for a lot of them to end up in this position. That's why they had the questions on it. So Paul was expanding on it to help him because, you know, what do you do if you're spouse because you are joined to your spouse mm-hmm. you know where you go she goes where, where she goes you go because mm-hmm. you guys are joined together mm-hmm. and so that's what he was expanding on and he says this so that you may serve the lord without distra- excuse me without distraction one of the things that um happens today and i'm gonna this is something i've been thinking about um is Man today tries to normalize sin, okay? Oh, yeah. And they they take stuff like this, you know, marriage, divorce, and remarriage gets just totally blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the gay agenda thing. They're making this normal. They're making it not a sin. Mm-hmm. So if it's not a sin, why did Jesus come? Yeah. What did he come for? Why did we need a savior? If, if you're trying to normal, and you'll find people... Try to normalize everything. Not only normalize, but make, make you it right. the bad guy. They're making you the bad guy. And they're trying to make it all, this is all great. It's a great mm-hmm. thing. You need to believe this way. So why did Christ come then? What do we need him for? Yeah. If all this is just, you could just a free for all and you can do whatever you want. What do we need Christ for? Yeah. And it's a great um, thought because why did he give us all these warnings? You know, go read Romans 1. Yeah. And tell me, why did we need that instruction? That's right. And I'm not trying to, like, sidetrack us, but seriously. <laughs> yeah, I know. What do we need Christ for if that is now normal? Yeah. yeah. And, and and man has just said, you know, Romans 1, we'll just rip that out of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. We because don't need, we to don't need that, that anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And you cannot read that and go, oh, it is right. Mm-hmm. God's okay with this. You can't. No. And so 
it's, and, it's the same thing with a lot of things. We try to make it right. Yeah. And what we need to understand is God determines what is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. He determines what is sin and what isn't sin. Mm-hmm. And this is why we need his word <coughs> in the completed form as it is. Yeah. And and this That's why is why we have this instruction. This and, is why we need it. And a lot of people just want to wipe it out of the Bible. Yeah. Well then you Because you it are, goes against what they want to do. Yeah. You are taking away what what has been established. And then they criminalize you if you want to follow what the Bible says. Yeah. Well, and what we need to realize is we all need Christ to be saved. Mm-hmm. We have no hope without Christ. Mm-hmm. And then in Luke 6, 46, Christ says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things in which I say? Mm-hmm. We have no right to call upon him if we don't do what he says. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that is crucial for us to understand. It's either his way or no way. <laughs> and, and that's so crucial for us to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, as um, John 1, 16 and 17, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, this is a little off subject here. So this is this is talking about Christ, and, and we see that grace and truth came through Christ. <coughs> mm-hmm. So in the law of Moses, they didn't have grace. They didn't have the truth. Christ is the truth. You know, they had they had the 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 prophets leading them. Is your mic on? They had the yeah. They had the prophets leading okay, leading them to Christ actually. As Christ was foretold throughout scripture, this is the way. And so grace and truth and then when you turn over to John 8:32 Okay, John 8.32. John 8.32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, Christ is the truth. He will make you free. And so, the only way to be freed in the truth is if you follow the truth. Mm -hmm. Not make up your own truth, Mm -hmm. because that's just a lie, you know? There's only one truth. Just like when, when a detective is interrogating a suspect... And the suspect first says, I was not there, present at the crime. And then later, because of evidence, they say, well, I was there, but I had nothing to do with it. Can both of those statements be true? Mm -hmm. Of course it can't. You know, of course it can't. Because only one, one of those statements can be true. Well, Christ has established the truth. He is the way. There is no other way. Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in another, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And notice there, we must be saved. We need mm-hmm. a Savior because we don't know the way. Now, to get back to what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I <laughs> no, just, that's good. I just wanted to bring that up because something that I've been thinking about, and it, it makes a lot of sense. What yeah. do we if, if we're if we continue to w- live our lives and try to normalize sin? Yeah. What do we need Christ for? That's right. And you know, uh, to help us understand why the apostles needed to go out and continue this work and we expand, needed this teaching big time. Yeah. the The reason why Christ talks about this, but understand this has always been the plan of Christ in John sixteen twelve and thirteen. 
it takes time to be spiritually minded enough to understand the teachings of God. And so when Jesus is talking to his apostles in John 16, 12 and 13, Chad, do you want to read that? Yeah, sure. Uh, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truths for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. Okay. So Christ has established the overarching way to the father. The apostles came along and brought people from where they were to Christ. And this has always been the plan. And we see this, Paul talks about the, the fulfillment of this in Ephesians 3, 3-6. through 6. He says, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Mm-hmm. So this has been the plan from the beginning. Christ has already had this plan set that he's going to come and, and teach them the mm-hmm. way, Yeah. but then the apostles are going to come and kind of fill in and help us stay on that path to Christ, mm-hmm. or the path to everlasting life. But as it was talking about, he says, you're not ready to hear it yet. You know, and, and we, we see the same kind of thing with the church at Corinth. Now, if, if you have never read 1 Corinthians, you see that the church at Corinth had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. They, they had a lot of problems in the church and everything, so... Paul is dealing with a lot with this, with their erring ways. Mm-hmm. But I'm very thankful for the church at Corinth because if it wasn't for their not being able to understand it, we wouldn't have the church, we wouldn't have that letter written to us because mm-hmm. we learn a lot from 1 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. But as we see in 1 Corinthians 3 1 through 4, we see that the, the church there was of carnal-minded. They, they were earthly-minded, not spiritually-minded. Mm-hmm. And so, 1 through 4 of 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now... You are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So this is the the kinds of things that Paul was dealing with with the church at Corinth, mm-hmm. where they were they were they couldn't wrap their minds around spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. They were stuck in this, you know, in, in the, the flesh. The carnal, the flesh. The, yeah, the fleshly carnal things. Fa- the, the carnal minded, the fleshly mm-hmm. mind. But what's beautiful about, as Paul was writing this letter to the church at Corinth, 
we see that while Christ was still on earth, the apostles were carnal-minded. Mm-hmm. And we see the same kind of behavior in Matthew 20, 21-24. Jack, can you read that? Mm-hmm. So, but Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptizing with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. (coughs) Excuse me. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. Okay, so a couple things here. They were still expecting Christ to establish an earthly kingdom. Well, the kingdom of Christ is spiritual. His church is the kingdom. Yeah. But they, they couldn't grasp that because they were still carnal-minded. And so even, even Christ, as he's speaking here, he's speaking of spiritual matters. Are you able to be baptized into the baptism that I am baptized with? Mm-hmm. He is talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He is going to be horrifically crucified on that cross, buried, and then rising on that third day. They still have no idea what he's talking about. And he's, he's talking about spiritual matters. And then he says in, in verse 23, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Yeah. So after he was dead, buried, resurrected, rose on that third day and ascended, his kingdom was established. And in order to get into that kingdom, we must be baptized into the Lord. We must put on Christ in baptism, Acts 2.38. This is what Christ is talking about. This is a spiritual matter, and it's way over their head, you know? Well, and you can just uh, picture what kind of mother this is. Yeah. She's trying to set up, you know, she wants, she's, she's trying to find the best thing for her sons. She sees a good thing. She's like, hey, you know what? should be on your right and left hand you know trying to like you know boost their kids yeah and we we all know someone like that that's always like trying to put their kids in front of something yeah um but i've seen that in baseball a lot you know growing up hey play my kid my kid should be the yeah yeah my kid should do be the pitcher yeah or or whatever and and it's funny you don't know what you ask you know (laughs) you know <laughs> but that's what Jesus said, and he's like, no, 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 you don't. Under- it, he's basically not really like belittling what she's doing here. Yeah, he's just telling them, hey, you don't, you don't understand. Yeah, and he's trying to make them understand. They he's are, teaching them. They are carnal-minded at this. point. Yeah, exactly. They don't understand. Even his apostles didn't understand. Yeah, they thought it was an earthly kingdom. Clear till he was crucified. Yeah, and you see this in verse twenty-four. Where the, the other, other ten, ten were greatly displeased with the two brothers. <clears throat> yeah. This caused a dispute. You know, <laughs> yeah. just exactly what Paul was talking about in First Corinthians three. You know, verse three, where you know, envy, strife, and these divisions yeah. among you. Are you not carnal minded? <clears throat> yeah. So they were still carnal minded, even while walking with Christ. But because they were carnal minded, they were not ready to hear all the other teachings of Christ. Yeah. But this is why Christ had this plan to send the Helper, the the Holy Spirit, to guide them into all truth. Mm -hmm. So Christ has the overarching way to the Father. He came and walked among us, shown us the perfect example. And then he went and suffered to pay the, the price for us to be able to get on this 
this, the, the path and the, the way to eternal life. And the apostles came along after him through the guidance well, of the Holy Spirit. It was not their own work. It was the, the Holy Spirit. Just like when, uh, was, it, was it Peter, um, when they... When they seen when uh, they went with Jesus and um, Moses, they could see Moses and yeah, Matthew seventeen. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and they they're like, hey, do you want us to build an altar? You know, they're just trying to help out. You know, <laughs> yeah, like all of us would. This is good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, this is a great thing we're happening. Jesus, you want? And what did he say? What did Jesus say? Uh, it was actually the father himself. Or father, yeah. Get behind me. <laughs> this is my son. Yeah, this well, is my. Yeah, that was another point. But yeah, in that context, he said, "This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased." Hear him. Yeah. And of course, they were greatly afraid of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But but they were trying to help out. They're, yeah. They're doing the best thing, and and you know that's what a lot of people, men today, it's like, well, I think this would be great, you know. Yeah. And they come up with some. But it hair-brained was, idea. It was not, not the, way the way of the Lord. Something that was not the way of the Lord, and we're continually doing that. Yeah, and we got to be careful. We can't. We can't do it, or else we're. You know, that's that's a really good point to bring out that you're talking about. Because in Matthew 17, he thought he was doing good work. They they all did. Even this woman here yeah. that we're reading about, she thought she was doing good. Yeah. And setting her sons up, she might have had an alternative motive. I don't know, but. She was trying to suggest, hey, you know what, Mike? I got some good boys here that could help you. Yeah. You know? That's why they're called Sons of Thunder. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. But, you know. They're the way of peace. <laughs> we're constantly, it's, it's man's um, natural um, instinct to try to help out. Yeah. Right? And, 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 we're, and in religion, we end up doing that. Oh, you know, it'd be really great. You know, we could just get the gospel in front of everyone if, you know, and I've said it before, if we give $100 bills to everyone that comes in the door, you know, we're going to reach a ton of people. You know, we'll get some advertising yeah. out, you know. <laughs> and, and Peter, when he was making this, he was trying to, because these are, these are the way of old. You know, yeah. the Elijah and Moses, these were great <laughs> it was prophets a, it was a of a great old. thing. And, and they, they were prophets of God. So he's like, hey, let me make it all three of them. Yeah. You know, one for you, one, one for, for Moses, one. one for Elijah. But what he was doing, he was elevating Moses and Elijah to the same standard of Christ. And yeah. he's like And Christ was the fulfiller. Yeah. And and Christ is so much better than them. Yeah. So to elevate them to the same height as Christ, he's like that's, That's when, when, when the, the father, father came, came in. in. <laughs> this, this is my beloved son. Yeah. <laughs> Hear him. And, Hear him. And they just dropped to their faces. Yeah. Greatly afraid. And however sincere they were, yeah. that was not the way. It wasn't the way God wanted it. God wanted it. Yeah. It wasn't the way God wanted it. However good idea man thought it was. Yes. It was not the way God wanted it. And, you know, we talked, this kind of ties back into a podcast that we had before. Um, um, uh, worshiping in vain. Yeah. You know, in vain. We don't want to do it the wrong way. That's right. Because it's not the way. We don't want to worship in vain because we just, well, go to the river on Sunday mornings and fish. Yeah. Because it would be the pray, same. Let's pray while we're fishing. That's, if we're, if we're doing it wrong at worship, why are we even here? You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, they, whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank, say, Biking for I, Jesus. Yeah, or, you know, I, I go to the river Sunday morning and I fish because I, I get to just enjoy God's beautiful creation, and that's my worship to Him. Exactly. I, and I get that's to, a great thing. It, it is a good thing, but that's not 
what it's Christ not wants. what we're commanded. It's not God's way. It's man's way. Yeah. yeah. Romans, Romans, Romans 10, 10 1 through 4. This, this is, is Paul again, again speaking. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness, and notice this, that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the way. No one else can save us. You know, going back to Acts 4.12, like I've already mentioned, no one else can save us. So if we tie in what we think, what we feel, that is only leading us away from God. And it doesn't matter how sincere you are. It doesn't matter because that's not the way of the Father. That is, that is a great passage for this topic because for Christ is the end of the law. Yeah. No one else is going to tell us what to do. That's right. And, you know, for, for the apostles to come in and complete the word as they did, as they expanded on the teachings of Christ and they notice throughout all of their epistles, nowhere do they contradict Christ. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. They only expand and, and bring to light the truth mm-hmm. of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and that was their job. But notice in Second Peter 1, 20 and 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So they did not speak their own thing so. They only spoke as the Holy Spirit guided them to speak. They only wrote as the Holy Spirit guided them to write. So they, And we see that the Holy Spirit guided them because they don't contradict. They don't contradict themselves. They don't contradict one another. It's, and this is what's beautiful about the Word of God. You know, and one thing I don't do enough, I was, I was sitting here um, putting my girls to bed. I, I do this every night, and I, I have them pray. And my youngest one, thank you, God, for your Bible, for your word. My seven-year-old. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I don't thank him enough for his word. Yeah. You know, I, in my prayer, I don't thank him enough for his word because it is pure in every way, and it's complete. You know, we, we don't, he completed, you know, the, everything was completed. And we don't need anything else. And it doesn't change. Well, we've talked about, you know, the Bible is written by 40 or 41 mm-hmm. different men. About 40. So there's, like, um, there's a few Psalms that we don't know who wrote. Yeah. And then there's, um, like, Hebrews. We don't know who wrote it. So it could yeah. have been someone else yeah. or someone that already wrote something else. So that's and, why it's about 40. Yeah. And, and, and so the thing is, you can't get 40 people together. And write something different. You can't get two people together to, and to write, write And it's just, I mean, it's just an incredible Bible. You start looking right. into it. And and in today's world, okay, I seen a thing um, it, uh, on April Fool's. We just went through April Fool's, folks, right? Yeah. And it's like, you can't fool me with what's going on in today's world. You know, everything's a, basically a joke, you know, with what's going on. You yeah. know, April Fool's joke. I can't hardly believe what's going on in real life right now. Yeah. In today's world, as corrupt as it is, 
it is even more important to read God's word Amen. and get in it and study it and know it and share it. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the beautiful aspect of his word because it doesn't change. doesn't change. You know, and, and that's what's beautiful. All we need to do is study it to rightly divide it. Number one bestseller. Continuing running. In fact, they, they stopped counting the Bible because to give other books. Uh-huh. A chance of being first. Yeah. Because the Bible, if they included the Bible, no one would ever be first. Yeah. It, it's the bestseller. And not only that, the the biggest critics have, it's been under more um, criticism than any other book, and yet they can't find any contradictions. If someone tells you that there's contradictions, it's because they're looking at verses wrong. Yeah. They're taking it either out of context or, or trying to twist it for their own for their own way. But there are no contradictions. And so you know, there there are no spiritual contradictions in the Bible. Yeah. And so uh, but this is this is this was the plan for the apostles to come and fulfill. Yeah. You know, they are the spirit. They are the map quest. Yeah, they they are the map quest. To help, to help us as we also see the signs oh, laid out by Christ. Yep. And, you know, as, as like I said, as Christ, Christ laid down, paid the price for us, after he ascended at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, this is when the apostles came and kept guiding and directing Christians to the way of Christ. As we see Christ is... The major highway. This is another point. Christ is the major highway, and the apostles led the Christians to the highway. You know, as as we see in Isaiah 5, sorry, Isaiah 35, verse 8. Chad, can you read that one? Yes. We see there that Christ has always been the plan. All right. A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. So we, in, in our foolish minds, as God wrote his word, as he, he made his wisdom simple enough for the foolish to understand it, if we study. And, and this is the highway of holiness. He's talking about his word here as the highway of holiness. And Jesus Christ has always been the plan, as we see in John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus Christ is this highway of holiness to the Father. He is the highway of holiness that leads to eternal life. He, he did this through his perfect example. He, he came down to show us the perfect way to him. And then as we also see in Hebrews 10, verse 20, it says, By a new and living way, which he, being Christ, consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. So the word consecrated means sacred. So Jesus is the sacred way. He is the sacred highway of holiness. But... Since we were not with him as he was walking on earth, you know, we weren't with him, and we, so we don't know 
the, the exact way. This is why the apostles came in. As we see in Acts 19, 1 through 5, and I really enjoy this passage because here we see a disciple or some disciples, but they were, they were off the road. So they were seeking God, you know, just like as we brought up in Romans 10, they had a zeal for God, but it wasn't according to his knowledge. Chad, can you read Acts 19, 1 through 5? Yeah. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus and finding some dis, um, disciples, he said to them, Do you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so these were, these were disciples. As he says in, in verse 1, finding some disciples. So these are people following Christ. Yeah. They're, they're following the one to come. Yeah. and, and they, The one that John told them about. Yeah. But, but they weren't baptized into Christ. So they were not a part of the body of Christ. As we see in Acts 2.47, the Lord adds to the church. And only the Lord can add. So if you're not baptized into the Lord, he did not add you. And so this is what they were facing. However, they were serving Christ. They were... Trying to be pleasing to God, they were off because they didn't know of the baptism of Christ. They were baptized into John's baptism, which, you know, is a baptism of repentance, but it was not the baptism that would of that could cleanse them. As as we know, um, John the Baptist was to come and make the way straight for the Lord, as we see. In Isaiah 40, as we see in, in Malachi 3.6, either 3.6 or 4.6, um, of, of the prophecies of the one crying in the wilderness, making the way straight for the Lord. That's what John the Baptist did. So he came and taught a baptism of repentance. But you weren't forgiven of your sins until you were baptized into Christ. He was making the way straight for Christ. And so well, this is a good example of someone who says, oh, I have been baptized. Yeah. And this would be a good example to give to them. Well, and, and here's, a, here's a really good point to bring if, out and, and ask people. If we have questions, because yeah. really, we need to be careful. That's right. And that you weren't baptized for the wrong reason. And here's a question that I ask people. I said, I ask, can you be taught wrong and baptized right? Mm -hmm. So here they were taught a little wrong. They were serving Christ, but they, they were taught wrong on the baptism part. And they were baptized, but they were not baptized into Christ in the name of Jesus Christ. So they were taught wrong and baptized wrong. You can't be taught wrong and baptized right. And that's what this teaches. So perhaps you were baptized, but if you were baptized into something other than Christ, and what I mean by that is if you did not follow God's plan for you, then you were baptized wrong. Because you didn't know the plan. And so, again, if, if anyone's listening and you have questions on this and want to study deeper into it, feel free to reach out and email us, and we would love to talk with you about it. Or come by and 
yeah. and chat with us. Yeah. You know, we, we would love to he- have you here at the building and and talk with you. So, so they were not on the highway of holiness, as talked about in Isaiah 35, 8. They were not on that highway of holiness. However, they were seeking it. You know, um, what's that, that side road that always leads next on the side of the interstate? Oh, a frontage road. Frontage road, thank you. They were on the frontage road. So they, they were trying, but they were not on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> you know? hey, hey, the frontage road is not faster. No, it is not. No. No. You know what's funny is, so I lived in Denver for a while. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of frontage roads there. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of times where um, the, high, the interstate was backed up. Mm-hmm. So I would try to get off and, and go on that frontage road. And there's a lot of times where it seems like you're, you're going good, but then once you get up to the next part where you can get back onto the interstate... It's, it's all backed, backed up because everyone, everyone else has already thought of that. Mm, yeah. And then, and then you, you see the cars, cars where you you, you were in line, <laughs> and you and see you them pass, and you're like, ah, that's so disheartening. Yeah. So the the frontage road is not always better. Yeah. Take it from somebody who's been in a few of the well, and and it's just like I brought up before, where we're talking about, um, you know, we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna get off on a frontage road possibly. That's right. Here and there. That's why we need Christ. That's right. That's why we need Him to help us get us back and and forgive us of our sins and that's why we, and our mistakes. Yeah, and, and that's why we needed the apostles to do that as well. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what we see through through the epistles. We see the apostles guiding the yes. brethren back to Christ, yeah. and we see this throughout throughout the um, epistles yeah. that were written by the apostles. And so they were guiding the Christians back to that highway of holiness. And how, and how beautiful, beautiful it is, how, how they, they, they worked, worked in unison with Christ. Christ. Yeah. They, they, they only expanded on the teachings of Christ, and they only expanded the way of Christ. Never did they try to change that way. Yeah. Never. And so that's what's beautiful about the Word of God and, and how pure and perfect it is. And then another thing that we see is as Jesus is the way, the apostles would hold up the wrong way signs. You know, pointing Christians back to the way of Christ. You know, and, and we see this. Um, Chad, do you want to read First Corinthians six, yeah, nine through eleven? First Corinthians six, nine through eleven. This is Paul again talking to the church at Corinth that had some some issues, as we talked about before. Okay. Here goes. Uh, do you not know that the righteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Sorry, it's unrighteous. Sorry, unrighteous. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkenards, nor revelers, nor exhortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed... Um, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so here, and I love how he calls out, he calls out all these different sins, you know, all the, the sinners, the fornicators, idolaters, homosexuals, and all this. He says, you know, these will not inherit the kingdom of God. And in verse 11, he says, and that's what you were. But you were washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. What he's saying there is that's the wrong way. But now that you have been cleansed, turn away from that and follow Christ. 
you know, that's like the the wrong way sign. As we know, one chapter back in in First Corinthians chapter five, you had the the uh, son sleeping with the father's wife. Oh yeah, that's. That's a whole lot of wrong there, right? Even even the Gentiles weren't even doing stuff like this. And no one was doing anything about it. Yeah, they just and, ignored it. And the uh, congregation was actually being condemned there. The, the man sleeping with his father's wife was already condemned. But the, the congregation was condemned for not dealing with that problem. And so we know that they had a lot of issues. But, and so here he's saying that's the wrong way. Turn back towards Christ. But we, but we also, also see this. this. How much time do we have, by the way? Uh, seven minutes. Seven, seven minutes. minutes. Okay. okay. So, so we, I don't think we have enough time to really dig into to uh, Revelation. But Revelation <laughs> two and three. Oh, we could get that in like ten minutes. <laughs> the whole book. We got this. We're good. <laughs> but <laughs> joking, everyone. Joking. But this there's was, a lot there. This was John writing letters to seven churches in Asia. And. What, what we, we see there is five out of the seven churches were going the wrong way. And they were being condemned. And he says, repent or else, you know, God's going to take out your candlestick or remove you from his body. And, and this is important for us to understand because there's a lot of times I've heard people say, well, yeah, I can see, you know, my church where I go, they don't. They don't, they don't do that, that but they, they do, do a lot, lot of other, other good things. things. Well, well, these these five out of seven of these churches were doing something wrong. Yeah. But here's the key for us to understand. I want you to go and read Revelation 2 and 3. And look at, at all the... As he's writing to the seven churches, he has, you know, say like five to seven verses on each church. Two of them were, were doing the right thing. And he was essentially telling them, remain faithful until death and I will give you that kind of life. That was Jesus speaking to this church and um, telling them to remain faithful. Now we know that they were faithful because they were told to remain faithful. They weren't told to do anything different. They told to remain faithful. So that church there was doing good. But here, five out of the seven churches... They were all doing something right. More than one thing right. I just want to look at one church here. The church of Ephesus, 2 through 5. I just want to read this because they were doing a lot of good. And they had one thing that they were doing wrong. And they were told to repent or God is going to take your lampstick from its place. And in that context, he's saying he's going to remove them from his body. They are... Outside of Christ at that point. But starting in verse 2 through 5. Of which chapter? Of Revelation chapter 2. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you, have, you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake. And have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. So, 
they were testing people who were calling themselves apostles and were not and have found them liars. The only way that they can find them liars is if they studied the word to show themselves approved. Second mm -hmm. Timothy 2.15. That's what they were doing. They were studying and they labored. Their labor was great. Their patience was great. And they could not bear evil. But they left their first love. They were no longer doing it for the sake of Christ. However, however they, they were falling, they have lost the love for Christ. So maybe they were doing it for their own, for their own sake, for their own profit, whatever. That's all they were doing, though. They were doing a lot of good here. They were studying. They were doing their, their work, and they were casting out false teachers and, and doing all this, casting out the false apostles. They were doing good work. They only were doing one thing wrong. Mm-hmm. One thing. And Christ said, I will remove your lampstand from its place mm -hmm. unless you repent. Well, and that's why we have to take, that's why this is so important for us. We have to take it serious, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of uh, maybe a, a team, uh, my daughter's playing baseball. And um, I've heard of uh, players being disqualified because they broke one rule. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like something with their bat or, you know, something with their equipment. It's wrong. They thought it would be great. It would be fine. But they get uh, suspended from the game or whatever because they did one thing wrong. Yeah. And you might say, oh, that's unfair, you know. I think we can understand that. But when it comes to religion, people think, oh, we just got to be, we, we have core beliefs. We have core beliefs. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Yeah. You believe, you know, as long as we both believe that Jesus is our Savior, we're good. Yeah. Well, is it? We can understand why someone would get disqualified from a game for doing one thing wrong. Chad, if, if you had a worker, let's say I come and work for you, and I'm a hard worker. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and I, I work hard. I give you my all. Yeah. But I show up whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is that going to work? No, not at all. No. And I've had it's that. only one thing, though, Chad. It's I'm a good worker. It's only, one, worker. Thing. I'm, it's it's only, only one thing. Yeah, and and so we do that with religion. Yeah, we say, oh, it's fine. Yeah, you know. Well, we don't do this thing, but we do a lot of other good things. Yeah, we yeah. And we all believe that Jesus is our Savior. We're good. Yeah, and in Revelation two two through five, this church of Ephesus is right in line with what is talked about in James two ten. Yeah. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. Yeah. He, is he is a transgressor, transgressor of the law. Mm -hmm. and, it and it doesn't matter where, where you transgress. transgress. You're a transgressor. Yeah. And that's what people... Um, there's a lot of denominations that, that try to rape sin. You know? Well, I'm telling a little white lie. Yeah, that's exactly. Not, that's not as bad as a murder. You're a transgressor of the law. You have, you have transgressed God's law. Sin is sin. You know? And... and you know, understanding, you know, that there's, there's um, different things with, with sin, but, you know, you have transgressed, and that's the problem. You have transgressed against the law, therefore, you need to repent. And it doesn't matter whether it's a white lie or a murderer. You have transgressed. You know, you, sin separates you from God, Isaiah 59, 2. And so, that's the problem with serving God our way. That's a problem with not adhering to the whole truth. This is why we need to study. This is 
This is why I'm so thankful for the Word of God, because it guides us into all truth. As it says in John 8.32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We know the truth. The truth is the Bible. All we need to do is adhere to it. All we need to do is study it to show ourselves approved to rightly divide it. That's what we need to do. Chad, do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I just think we just have to be really careful. You know, just like I said, um, the, and man, me too, you know, like one thing could disqualify you. Yeah. And when you think about it that way and you, and you relate to these things that we brought up, you know, we understand it in our jobs, you know, and, and sure, we're sorry, right? Yeah. You're late to work every day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> we're sorry. But what do they say? Sorry doesn't well, pay the pay the bills. Something. Yeah. Well, yeah. It definitely doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't. Um. It doesn't work. It's not going to work with God. <laughs> One time when I was working. Oh, pay the piper. Yeah. Sorry is not going to pay the piper or whatever. One time I was working with my uh, my boss in construction. He was a, he was a really hard guy. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but we were, we were loading up at the yard, and I went to go shut the tailgate on the truck, and I smashed his finger in the tailgate on the, on the side. He got, you know, a black, black fingernail, and I'm like, I am so sorry. He's like, sorry isn't going to make this pain go away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, a sorry helps, but you know what? It, it doesn't change. That's that why you're we, doing it wrong. And that's why I'm saying that's why we have to be so careful when we're when we're reading the Bible. And it's not complicated. No. But it we, takes work. <laughs> it takes work. We have to be careful. Really be careful how we um follow the rules. Yeah. You know, and follow God's word. It's so important. And it's it's so important that you might be disqualified if you don't do it right. You will be disqualified. Well, yeah, exactly. You yeah. will. And so that's what we're saying. Yeah, and I think that's a great place to stop. Okay, good. Well, uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks for putting up with my weak voice. <laughs> um, sure, it'll be hopefully back to normal next week, and we'll certainly look forward to another uh, podcast with you. So with that, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.